0: THE CHRISTMAS THIEVES STAVE 4 CHRISTMAS YET TO COME The bell struck
1: three
0: Baltus looked around him for the ghost and saw it not As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he lifted up his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground. When it drew near him, Baltus bent down upon his knee, for in the very air through which this spirit moved, it seemed to scatter gloom and mystery. shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head its face its form and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand but for this it would have been difficult to detach its figure from the night and separate it from the darkness by which it was surrounded as it came beside him baltus realized this vision was duart sized slightly shorter than he Yet its eerie presence filled him with a solemn dread.
2: Am I in the presence of the ghost
0: of Christmas yet to come?
2: You are.
0: Said the spirit, a female voice strangely familiar, yet it echoed back in his mind, far further than any of his childhood memories, to a time when all was ethereal and he had not the cares that held him now. The spirit pointed onwards with its hand.
2: You are about to show me the shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? I am.
0: Although well used to ghostly company by this time, Baltus feared the silent shape so much that his legs trembled beneath him, and he found that he could hardly stand when he prepared to follow it. The spirit paused a moment, as though observing his condition and giving him time to recover. But Baltus was all the worse for this. It thrilled him with a vague uncertain horror to know that behind the dusky shroud, there were ghostly eyes intently fixed upon him, while he, though he stretched his own to the utmost, could see nothing but a spectral hand and one great heap of black. His fire had puttered out on account of his exhaustion and he was now running on adrenaline only. Once that petered out, he would collapse. I would have to be very cautious with this one. I had examined the timeline we were on as much as was safe along with those branching from ours and thus most adjacent. I could see the most likely point of this man's death in the spring of next year, and I could see the most likely cause, though the events blurred in my mind like half-glimpsed, partially fictionalized childhood memories. I thus fixed on the people who would be most affected by this death and resolved to visit them. This time, though, I would be travelling far, and the images presented to Baltus would be frightening, broken, uncanny. While he clung to his show of strength and endurance, I had seen enough of the boy to understand how close to breaking inside he was. I recognize this place. Baltus blurted as great iron gates rose from the mist before us barring our way into a magnificent palace.
2: Buckingham! I know how to celebrate Christmas in here, though of course I never attended.
0: This time all I could get was a flash of one of the halls, though it was decked out in no festive manner. Archduke Coriolanus was deep in thought. Everything was darker, emptier, than it had been in previous years upon this day. A figure in armor approached. Ah, Captain Magnus, Coriolanus breathed. How did the watch fare this Christmas Eve? Very quiet, came the response from the captain, a Duarte with a salt and pepper beard. He was old, but seemed very self-assured. Calm.
2: It would appear that the Christmas period has afforded them a short break from revolution, until the new year when we can return to
0: regular hostilities. No. Baltus cried. No! He had been gaping at this vision, his eyes starting from their sockets. He swung a vicious punch at Captain Magnus's head, which went right through as the whole scene rippled away like the disturbed reflections upon the water of a darkened lake. How long? How
2: many Christmases hence? The world will move on. Within you, Captain. I shall find this Magnus. I shall tear out
0: his gizzard!
2: the world will move on, with a new
1: captain.
0: Was all the spirit said, Baltus began to hate her. Now the scene was changing to another familiar place, the Cartwright's house. Inside, Baltus and the spirit found the mother and children seated round the fire. Quiet, very quiet. Holly and Chloe were still as statues in one corner. Sat looking up at Bill, who had a book before him. Mara was trying to sew in the candlelight, but kept
1: wiping her eyes.
0: Are they hurting again, Mama?
1: Holly asked. No, no, they're better. Uh, they, they're just weakened by the the candlelight, and I I wouldn't want to show weak eyes to your father when he comes home. It must be nearly home time. It's past home time, Mama. But I think he's walked a little slower than he used to these past few evenings. He used to walk so fast with Em on his shoulder, though. But she was so small and so light. and, And your father loved her, so it was no trouble. No trouble. And there he is at the door.
0: At this she looked straight at Baltus, who had been watching the family silently gave a start as he gazed into this Akka's eyes, filled with such boundless sorrow. Mara hurried to meet Ian at the door, running straight through Balthus. She and the children drew the father down together to his seat at the table, where his tea was ready for him. The two girls got upon his knees and laid each a little cheek against his face. Ian told them with a valiant attempt to cheer of his walk to the graveyard on the way home. I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green the place is. But you all see it often. I promised her that I would walk there on a Sunday. My my little child. My, my, My little, little child.
1: None of us will forget him, shall we?
0: Mara said, as her husband found himself lost for words.
1: None of us will forget this first parting that was among us. And I know, my dears, that when we recollect how patient and how mild she was, that we shall not quarrel easily among ourselves in future. I'm very happy, and I'm so lucky to have all of you
0: said Ian, kissing them one by one upon the foreheads.
1: Brittle bones,
0: the spirit said quietly. What? Baltus asked, suddenly alarmed.
2: M had brittle bones. It took only one hard fall upon the cobblestones, and her light was snuffed out like a candle flame.
0: Why do you tell me this? Baltus demanded, now touched with fury.
2: Why do you tell me
0: this? The spirit said no more, but the Cartwright household passed away, curling upwards into the night like the vapors above a bonfire. And now they were walking among the cemeteries of London, only there were mere streets separating them, not the expanse of miles that would normally stand between. It was a world of silent graves. The dark spirit drew Baltus along a pathway and through the tombs, over grass-painted charcoal in the moonlight until they stood before two headstones. Craning in to wipe the frost away from the one on the left, the captain uncovered the lettering and drew back in fright. Jacobite Marlow, AA-166 to AA-208.
2: Eight years ago, this month, this night, Christmas Eve, 1874, by this world's reckoning. Baltus
0: muttered. The spirit continued to stare. Baltus persisted in searching the lettering for hidden clues.
1: Hmm. He
0: was only
2: 42 years old. The spirit said nothing. Ever since that winter solstice with the sword and his... Our failure. He was ever in the worst of temperaments at this time of year
0: the spirit said nothing
2: they found his body washed up on the side of the thames on boxing day
0: the spirit said nothing baltus slumped down to his knees and said in a voice now riven with exhaustion cracking under endurance
2: i see how you have trapped me
0: he leaned forward and smoothed away the frost on the right hand gravestone. Sure enough, it read Ambrosius Baltus, AA 175 to AA 21. And the last number he left covered with ice. Tell me, are these the
2: shadows of things that will be, or are they shadows of things that may be only?
0: The ghost pointed downward to the grave.
2: Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will be changed. Say it is thus with what you show me.
0: There was a long silence. Baltus merely stared at the two stones.
2: Are you the man you were?
0: The spirit asked. I... I do not know the man I was, Baltus replied softly, but he would say no more, and I had only a little energy left in me from these visions to place him under a firm but gentle sleep spell before the nag and I carried his body through the streets of London to lay him back upon his bed and leave the house. Stave 4 of The Christmas Thieves Ambrosius Baltus and The Nag Performed by Spencer Lieb Merlane and Ian Performed by Alexander Shaw The Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come Performed by Loretta Saylor Mara Performed by Sharon Shaw Holly Performed by Maureen Foley Music by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com Overture, specially composed for The Christmas Thieves by Gil Haim Steinberg. Many soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. Many thanks to our top-tier Patreon sponsors for the month of this re-release. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Meyer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finn Barnicol, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe Chi, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasko, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns.